Greetings. Episode 71 of That Metal Podcast. I'm Wolfman Dave, as always. Today will be another solo episode. A little bit of a short episode as well. And kind of an introduction or a um, starting point for old school uh, traditional doom metal. Specifically from the early 80s, mid 80s, or in the 80s, if you just want to say that. Uh, so this is really a starting point and a jumping off point for a lot of people who want to get into that era and that style of music and that st- uh, style of metal. But first off, I did want to bring up what I've been listening to. So, actually not too, uh, nothing too crazy. I've been listening to uh, Of The Wand and The Moon. If you know that, that's a really awesome neo-folk uh, from, from Denmark. I'm listening to... The Burning uh, Bridges Burned and Hands of Time album just recently came out, I believe, which is kind of like a compilation of a lot of different songs. Uh, listening to, actually listening to Diamond Head, uh, Lightning to the Nations. I love Helpless. It's a great song. Um, let's see. I actually recently heard the new Sodom album, which was, was called Genesis uh, something, I forgot. Uh, and I was actually very disappointed by that album. Uh, it was very generic. It sounded, it needed to be beefier. It was very light. So it was very lacking. Um, the songwriting was great. I mean, that's fine. And it's thrash, but it just was missing something extra. Um, and so I was, so I actually found something that had a little of oomph was this band called Croesus with a K. Uh, the name of the album is called Solemn Vatum, and it should believe is a reissue or redo of that same name of the album came out in 2018, which honestly I never really listened to or heard. I just heard this version, which is the Redux. So that's pretty cool. And obviously I've been listening to a shitload of uh, Doom, I guess you can say, Doom and Gloom. There's that. Now, one of the, really the main topics that I wanted to talk about kind of uh, is disappointing and very sad, as you can say. It would be the Grammys. <laughs> the, the awards, right? They're going to be coming out January 31st, 2021. But something specifically that I wanted to talk about, which kind of is one of the primary reasons why uh, I was highly against um, that uh, contributor that wrote for our, our local uh, rock station here, Kelly Q, she wrote that uh, we need to embrace all the celebrities and people um, getting into metal or trying to get into metal, which I thought that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So, which kind of reinforces my argument because here we have the, the best metal performance um, nominations, which we have Body Count, Code Orange, Power Trip, In This Moment, and then you have Poppy. You get Poppy with Blood Money, right? So it's kind of ridiculous, actually, at this point to even consider that. And even some of those bands are even considered a little suspect of them a little bit. You know what I mean? In this moment, really? Best metal performance? I don't know about that. And then they have Best Rock Songs, which here's like the, the what qualifies them, right? Uh, it's... It, it includes rock, hard rock, and metal songs. Eligible if it, uh, if it was first released 
or first achieved prominence during the eligibility year. Right? So then you have people like Tame Impala, Big Thief, Brittany Howard, Phoebe Bridgers, and the famous uh, Fiona Apple, which is like, none of these are actually rock. So, again, what a joke. What a fucking joke that it's got to be. And so, we're, you know what? We're going to go straight into it. We're going to go straight into the doom. So, let's get doomy. Um, so, one of the first things that a lot of people will notice is the style of the music that it is, right? It's the... My understanding is there are a lot of major third intervals in this kind of music, that's which gives it that really doomy sound, which is pretty cool. Now, obviously, we could all agree that this goes way back to Black Sabbath and Deep Purple, but honestly, just Black Sabbath, really. So, excuse me. Really, Black Sabbath is who the jumping off point for a lot of these bands. That's what they were looking at. That's what they were listening to, right? A lot of stuff from from that era. So, we're going to do this in um, four, four different bands that I feel really embody that spirit of doom metal especially in that time like i said these are just my picks these are this is just my opinion again if you guys have other ones um well i mean i guess let's just go ahead and do the uh honorable mentions now <laughs> so you don't get your hopes up so obviously we have solitude eternus pagan altar the uh we have pentagram on there as well and cathedral so those are just some of my honorable mentions. Those are some ones that you could also check out. But I feel like the ones that I'm going to talk about probably have more of a influence, I would say, and embody that sound more than anything. So we're going to start with Witchfinder General. I feel like they're very much part of the new wave of British heavy metal. But then they started going and, and switching sounds kind of like but they still kept that new wave of British heavy metal. Um, and they kind of have a splash of Black Sabbath, if you want to say. Um, so there's a little bit of... Um, which is kind of when you hear the vocals. So this is what gets me. So when you listen to Witchfinder General, there's a little bit of uh, um, Ozzy mixed in with, uh, let's say, somebody like from Diamond Head. The vocals there. And uh, so it's interesting to me. They're, the... The sound is there, you know, definitely the sound is there. So we're looking at, um, you know, these guys were from England. They're named after the movie that came out in 1968. Uh, they did have a short career, which is a little weird to me that they had a short career. Um, really, they only lasted a few years and then mid-2000s again for a couple of years. They, they got back together at that time. I believe they released an album during that time, but I'm only talking 80s specifically now um one cause or one uh, theory i guess you can say that some people say why they didn't last for so long is that they fell off the face of the earth when they started getting complaints about their album cover uh the nudity on there and some of the things happening on there uh, which if you listen to the death penalty album that's where you'll see it um and really I mean, who's to say? I don't know if that was the real case of why they broke up or why they maybe they felt the heat and they're like, you know what, we got to cut this shit out. 
Uh, so yeah, they did. T- they definitely took criticism for the for the girl. Her name's Joanne Lat- Latum. Um, and another thing is they went to the church um, for was it uh, the Saint Mary of the Blessed Virgin? They they took pictures there without permission. Um, but even even with that being said, the response and they were very much critically acclaimed for death penalty. It came out in 1982, uh, and that one really the the title track off that one is what really to me sets them apart. And when you could you had, you'll actually hear what I'm talking about um, in terms of the whole new wave of British heavy metal combined with a little bit of Black Sabbath. You know what I mean? That's a very fucking great song for you to listen to. So here's a song called Witchfinder General. Coming to get you, yeah. Coming to take you away. You witches are evil. You worship the devil. So listen to what I say. them the main the main i would say musicians you could hear is uh z parker parks and phil cope guitars um you also had ben crossley on guitars you had uh steve kinsell on drums during uh during that time um actually i think it was graham ditchfield during this time my bad um so yeah i mean you know, you could hear their influence. and So the next band that I really wanted to talk about that I felt was another highly influential was the uh, this band called St. Vitus. You might have heard of them. They're from L.A. <laughs> they um, actually, I'm going to be talking the Wino era, so I'm looking at 86 through 91, really. And that's primarily the, the, the era that I wanted to talk about. Um, and so we were looking at two albums specifically, Born Too Late and Mournful Cries. Now, Born Too Late, I feel, has this, um, it's much, much slower, you know. Um, you're looking at, let's see, who's on here? You're looking at, well, Dave Chandler is like the the, the dude who's just been there consistently. So Dave Chandler, Mark Adams, Armando Costa. Uh, these guys, uh, this first um, first album with Scott Wino on vocals. You know, these dudes are from L.A., so it's pretty cool that we have some some band from at least the U.S. here. Uh, well, we have another band from the U.S. We'll talk about. <laughs> but, so these guys have much more of a dirty and fuzzy, bluesy side to them. More sludgy really dirty but in a good way so that's why i'm saying for me these guys are great and uh, so people who are really into like sludge kind of you know down and stuff like that you probably appreciate these guys a lot more 
but the album's Born Too Late, and um, it was really good. I mean, it's one of those albums where that song, um, let me see. Well, a song called, it's, it's called Born Too Late. It's, it's pretty kick-ass because it just kind of talks about being alienated, you know, by society. And, you know, there's a lot of to be said about that because I feel like that's like all the head metal, heavy metal dudes and weirdos out there that even nerds, you know, things like that. Um, but I wanted to just kind of bring up, there's two different, I mean, eras. You're looking at Mournful Cries. Born Too Late, Dave Chandler didn't really give Wino a lot of... Uh, what do you call it? Um, room to write anything. So primarily, you just see Wayno's doing vocals, and that's it. And while that's wonderful, and they did a lot, <clears throat> you didn't truly see them collaborate until uh, "Mournful Cries." That's when you really actually get to hear them uh, do a major collaboration, and you see, you get to see Dave Chandler trust Wayno there. And he's like, all right, this guy could actually write songs, you know. So let's hear, first we'll hear the song Born Too Late. And this is off the, well, it's a title track off the album called Born Too Late. Um, and this album came out 1986. They had a runtime of 34 minutes. So here's the song Born Too Late. to enjoy that and i mean it's only a snippet but man I, I encourage everybody this is the one thing that i always like to do is encourage everybody to go check out at least the bands um i believe i'm gonna release um my playlist that i'm that i've made for this uh but it's really just what is it um it's only gonna be an apple music but i mean there's an app i believe you can download if you're if you're your Spotify user, and I think it's called Song, I think I think it's called Song Switch. Let me see. Yeah, I believe it's called Song Switch, and it's it's free to get, and it literally you can just swap everything from my playlist, and it'll go to your playlist on Spotify. So it's pretty cool, man. You should check that out. Um. Anyways, but yeah, I've always encouraged everybody check out all the songs that we're talking about or the albums and see you know check it out for yourself and see what you think about it. Uh, but yeah, this album, Born Too Late, was definitely one of the most easily recognizable. And I believe it's probably, um, critically, and I think by fans, it's it's voted as like their best album, 
that they've ever done. So I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't dispute that necessarily, but I definitely enjoy Mournful Cries a bit more. Uh, it just seems the the playing is a little bit uh, different, even though it's still doomy. Uh, when you see the cover, actually, so the Morphal Christ cover, I believe, was actually originally given to uh, was it Ingui Mom's team, I believe, but he actually didn't use it after all. So these guys used it, and it's like a Hydra or something that's on there, like some sort of dragon that's on there, which is pretty cool. Which the the personnel, the the band here is pretty much the same, I would say little different you have you have wino you have dave chandler you have mark adams you have Amardo Acosta. this album uh mournful cries actually falls at 33 minutes so if you listen to this one it's actually short and sweet but god damn man the songs are so badass on this one the creeps man that's probably one of the coolest it's one of the faster songs um the troll looking glass um so a lot of the the stuff that these guys talked about I mean, real reality when you listen to Born Too Late. Because Morphal Christ had a little bit more of a imagination, I would say. Especially, come on, look at Dragon Time, dude. Like the troll, really. <laughs> but those are all cool, man. Those are all cool. Um, I think the other the other great songs that I forgot to talk about real quick is um, if you listen to... Thirsty and Miserable. That's actually a, a, one of the a bonus tracks off of Born Too Late. That's actually a Black Flag cover, but that's fucking hilarious though, either way. It's just like asking people, hey, buy me some beer you know, outside of a liquor store and shit. Uh, so it's pretty cool. I feel I feel like the music was darker, doomier. It was a, a lot slower on Mournful Cries. So, you know, that's just one of the things um, that I think can you can tell them apart by that compared to Born Too Late. Now, at one point, I believe they did another album, which is, I think, called Five. Uh, and that was the end. I believe Wino left and he went to rejoin the Obsessed at that point. And so there was that. You know, he wasn't back anymore. So if for, for me, I would say St. Vitus is more one of those bands. If you're into crunchy dirty sludgy bluesy and fuzzy do metal these are your boys man and obviously you're within all these guys you could actually you'll hear the black sabbath influence there's no fucking way you're not gonna listen you won't be able to tell so that's that's the other cool part about these guys all of them really so and it might make you go back and listen to black sabbath shit you never know <laughs> so so before we move on to our next band, I want you to check out from Mournful Cries, which is called Dragon Time. So Dragon Time to me is one of my one of my favorite songs on here. It's very creative. I think the riffs are outstanding. The vocals are outstanding on that as well. So I highly recommend it. So here's Dragon Time.
fucking awesome, man. So, again, I'll have a lot of these songs and I'll have these albums on my, excuse me, on my playlist. And if you like it, share it and subscribe to it. I know you can do that on Apple, uh, Apple Music. All right, so this, let's move on. So this next band is from Illinois, from Chicago or the Aurora uh, area. And they came out in 1979, and boy, are they trouble. It's one of the probably coolest, heaviest bands that I've listened to. I mean, without a fucking shadow of a doubt that these guys are also one of the creators or they didn't create it, but maybe made it a little bit doomier. So Trouble, um, I feel like they have a trifecta in terms of their sound. So you could hear, obviously, Black Sabbath. You could hear some Judas Priest in there. Some You can hear some of that. But I feel like there's a lot of fucking almost like sabotage with John Oliva in the vocals, uh, which you hear quite a bit. Um, so we're going to look at, primarily, we're going to be looking at Psalm 9, which is really their first album, which was self-titled. And um, later on, they renamed it uh, Psalm 9, I think after the 1990 album, which is called... Uh, trouble I believe that one was done with Rick Rubin and that's when they kind of changed their sound a little bit not their sound well yeah they changed their sound it was more psychedelic rock but the, um, that's when they decided to reissue their first album their debut album and then just call it Psalm 9 instead so definitely a banger I would say this, this is where we start getting to I, I feel you're getting into heavier and a bit more articulated doom. Um, not to take away anything from Witchfinder or, t- or from uh, from St. Vitus because those were already established bands as well. But I'm talking about the, the, the way the writing of the music was. It was very much different. So we're looking at... <clears throat> let's look at The Skull really quick. So that one came out in 1985. I know there was a, quite a bit of... Um, I think... Let's call it bullshit. Uh, I know... Eric Wagner, uh, was the, the um, vocalist, was upset about being called white metal uh, or Christian metal or whatever because a, lo- a lot of the, the of the stuff that they talked about were biblical and, and, and religious in terms. And so I know that they didn't like that or enjoy that. I don't really feel that they're much of a, very much a Christian band at all, though. I just think that that was just something that he talked about. He wasn't into Satanism. He wasn't into all that shit at that time. And so he just decided to talk about, you know, biblical stuff and a little bit different, right? Um, but, the, yeah, The Skull to me is one of those albums. Um, even from the cover art, it's just immediately you're like, what the fuck is this? This is going to be outstanding. Um, so that, that, that um, The Skull came out 85, had a time of 43 minutes. And the personnel on this, well, I mean, you have Eric Wagner on vocals. You had Bruce Franklin on guitars, Rick Wartell on guitars, Sean McAllister on bass, and you had Jeff Olsen on drums. Now, this one's great. Uh, I think The Wish is probably my favorite song on here. It's a quite a lengthy song, so 11 and a 
11 and a half minutes. Uh, but you have all these other great songs. Um, the Wickedness of Man, Gideon, The Skull, Fear No Evil, Pray for the Dead. Um, these guys, you could clearly tell that they had a much slower approach um, to thrash at that time and bands that were doing the new, new wave of British heavy metal. Um, you know, a lot of other times, if they weren't talking about this religious and biblical references, you could... They had a lot of different social and political, social, um, political issues um, that they would talk about. And so I thought that was pretty cool. Later on, they would turn, talk about hallucination, hallucinogenics, or I don't know what you'd want to call it, um, but different kinds of drugs and the effects of, how, <laughs> and so about hallucinating and stuff like that. So they kind of run the gamut, right, on all different, different kinds of um topics i mean you could see it too bastards will pay is primarily one of those about you know social and political issues so and and f actually fun fact if you get the uh, i guess bonus edition on a cd if you have that song the tale of brave ulysses that's actually a cover by cream so that's pretty cool i first actually didn't even know that when i was listening to it i'm like this is a pretty cool song i did not know that so Pretty cool. Anyways, now we're looking at uh, Psalm 9. Uh, this one's also at 43 minutes. Um, now let's look at the personnel on this one. So this is pretty much the same. You have Eric Wagner, Bruce Franklin, guitars, Rick Wartell, guitars, Sean McAllister, bass, and Sean Olsen, drums. So this one, I, th I feel like this one's a little bit, f a little bit faster, a little bit more metallic, a little bit beefier. Um, you have songs like um, "Victim, of, Victim of the Insane." You have "Bastards Will Pay." You have "The Fall of Lucifer." Um, the Tempter. I think for a lot of people, they're into. Um, I would say again, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple. No, yeah, I guess a little bit of Deep Purple, but mostly Black Sabbath, Judas Priest. And again, I keep getting that John Oliva vibe vocally from Sabotage in there. If you're if you're if you're digging that, if you like that, if that's your thing, you will probably like this. Uh, and I think a prime example of hearing all of that kind of together is a song called "The Wish." And the Wish is actually on. It's actually on the skull. Here is the Wish. Check it out. I feel like 
people are, are really divided on trouble um, because they either like them for what they were doing. Uh, if you listen to the skull, for example, it's a lot more focused. It's a lot more about the songs, about the tunes. Um, Psalm nine is great. It's outstanding as well. I mean, they're, they're both fucking bangers. You, you can't go wrong with them, but I feel like uh, the skull is a little bit more focused and a little bit more, um, there's more songwriting in there, I would say. And so a lot of people either say, oh, this is like a poor man's Black Sabbath or or they would, you know, that's why I'm saying they're, it divides a lot of different people. So either they were great or they were not. For some people, you liked them. Um, they took the torch, you know, for, their, for this whole sludgy torch that was left by Black Sabbath. Or you just saw them as a, as a clone of Black Sabbath and they sucked. Who knows? I mean, for me, I, I think they're fucking outstanding. And I think they're great simply because the vocals do remind me of John Oliva. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I like them so much. And I feel like their music's perfect. And and also, like, a lot of these songs and uh, a lot of these... A lot of these songs, man, they're not even, like, super, super heavy in that... Psh, you could play them anywhere. And especially, I would say, Trouble, if people start giving you all this shit, oh... What are you listening to, man? That sounds like it's satanic or something. And you're like, no, dude, actually, they're not. <laughs> so you could you could get away with just putting these guys anywhere. So I mean, as you can tell, I mean, I really do feel like I like uh, I like the skull a lot more. I would say. I know there's uh, they had Brian Slagle on there on the uh, doing the knobs doing the knobs, uh, and I've like Run to the Light is also another great album. I don't know why a lot of people. Critically, it didn't do as great as what, um, I guess, is what they were expecting. It was also a good album, though. I don't see anything wrong with that. So, yeah, that's that's some trouble. Get some trouble for you. Now we're going to get to the main, the main band, the meat and potatoes, if you want to call it that. So the meat and potatoes of this, I, I would call it the big four of doom metal, would be... Candlemas. And that's the obvious one, right? I think that's what everybody was expecting. So we're looking at Candlemas. Started in 84. They're from Sweden. So we're looking at the main songwriter here now is Leif Edling. Um, they had a rhythm guitarist. It's Mats Bjorkman. Uh, drummer is Mats Ekstrom. The original vocalist, which is Johan Lenquist. Uh, which he came on on Epicus Dumicus Metallicus. And then we had the drummer, I'm sorry, the lead guitarist, Klaus Bergwall. Um, okay, so Epicus Dumicus Metallicus. Straight up, it's just a play on words, uh, epic, um, on Latin, which is epic doom metal. You can just translate it to, and that's obvious right there. This was a. This was almost at forty three, the forty three minute mark. So these, all of these albums that we're listening to, they're, you can listen to, driving around. You can listen to, and they won't take up a lot of time. So I think that's great. Um, the cover art is even better because the cover art is you see the basically it's the skull with those two. I don't know if they're like drumsticks or you want to call them, but they're making a cross. So that's fucking cool. That was actually done by the band themselves. Real quick, we're looking at uh, Epicus Dumicus Metallicus. So, at this point, I know Johan. Uh, this is the first album that they did with him. 
he left. Uh, not too sure exactly why he left. But he came back in 2018 after 32 years. Uh, I was able to see them actually on the last uh, 70,000 tons of metal. It was pretty fucking epic seeing them play at night. Um, right now, from what I'm seeing, they're not, they're not planning on making any music until the next couple of years. Which is not, that's not a big deal, man. We have plenty of stuff to look at. So again, I just want to reiterate, a lot of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about here are is just starting music. So a lot of this stuff is going to be for, uh, I want to say, for people who maybe are not familiar with the whole doom metal genre. And again, for all of you guys who obviously we know you're all veterans, you guys already know, you probably know more than me, then you're, you're just going to have fun just listening to this and a lot of the bullshit that I talk about. So it's all good. And so we're looking at... Uh, the epic doom metal. I think one of the one of the main songs that a lot of people like is called Demon's Gate, and let's check out why. So here's Demon's Gate really quick for you. That's another great song. Um, we're looking at Epicus, Demicus, Metallicus. Demon's Gate is about nine minutes long. Not too bad. Such a fucking great album, though. Solitude, uh, Under the Oak, Sorcerer's Pledge, Blackstone Wilder. I mean, these are all fucking great songs. Th- the thing for me, what what's pretty cool, though, is Demon's Gate. It's uh, based off the Beyond so that's a little fun fact. I mean, unless you already knew this, but uh, the movie uh, "The Beyond" by Lucio Fulci from 1981. So it's uh, specifically based about, uh, on that movie. So it's pretty cool. Um, this one had a different vibe to it all together. I feel like this one has, you know, Johan's vocals are fucking outstanding. Uh, and I know on this one. He just needs a little bit more to take him over the top. But it's still a great album. It's still a great vocalist. And, you know, certainly when you listen to Nightfall, that's a whole other world, man. So checking out Nightfall. Let me see. Nightfall came out in 1987. Um, so we have... A different vocalist, same bands pretty much, or let me, slightly same. We have new vocalist, Messiah Markolin, 
who's got some fucking amazing ass hair, by the way. It's fucking crazy ass hair. Um, so it's uh, Messiah on vocals. We have Lars Johansson on lead guitar. Mats Bjorkman on rhythm. Lee Fedlin and different. We have Jan Lind on drums. So one of the best songs on here is The Well of Souls at the Gallows End. Dark are the Veils of Death. But one of the coolest songs that I really like, I think a lot of people really, really, really like, and myself included, is fucking Bewitched. And Bewitched has a really cool fucking video. And if you pay attention, in, in there's a scene where there's all these dudes standing behind Messiah. He's singing, and there's like all these dudes. Well, there's this one dude who's just like looking up. He's kind of like looking up and has like this snarly twisted face that's actually dead from uh, mayhem uh and he's uh he just does a little cameo i don't know how that whole thing came about or came about but i do know is uh jonas akulund from um you know the famous director who did lords of chaos he did that movie polar or polar with mads mickelson um the dude's been everywhere. I mean, he's done work for Britney Spears, Lady Gaga, Christina Aguilera, Metallica, <clears throat> Smashing Pumpkins. I know he did work with Prodigy with that video, Smack My Bitch Up. Remember that one? He had a lot of, uh, there's a lot of controversy behind that video. But, you know, he was also in Bathory for about a year, a couple of years. And from 83, 84, I know he was in a, I believe it was a tribute album or a tribute. I think he did a couple of songs. Not too sure, but he was in Bathory for a little bit. So that's very interesting. Uh, Jonas uh, Jonas has a, quite a bit of a pedigree in terms of doing videos and um, and movies. So it's pretty cool. I know he did that movie Spun. A lot of people know that one. He's got a new one coming up pretty soon. That one, I have not any idea what that one's about. I, I feel like Nightfall, you can't fuck with it. Unfuck with the bull. <laughs> so I mean because I feel I feel like Messiah is the one who brings it over the top he he has those vocals those he brings it over the top man and you just can't I don't know man to me it's great uh, I know the cover art was so it, it, it's the cover art was actually done by Thomas Cole and I know that's the old age it's called old age I know it was a series called The Voyage of Life, and it was a series of different uh, paintings. So it's pretty cool. I know Ancient Dreams wasn't as it wasn't as seen as such a great album. I would think um, it's definitely not. I think it was just the mixing and stuff like that. They had problems with it, but if you look at Tales of Creation, it's another album with with Messiah on vocals. They redid because they had originally done. Um, Under the Oak was originally done for the Tales of Creation. They re-recorded it. Um, so uh, super fucking badass. I know there's... Um, the cover art was uh, kind of used from Gustav Doria's work, The Creation of Light. <clears throat> so I know that, that they kind of changed it up a little bit. And um, has this really beautiful gold tinge. Oh, I could already see this on a badass fucking like black t-shirt. And this is like gold. Stands out really badass. 
So this one's originally 42 minutes and 43 seconds, and we're looking at um, Tales of Creation. So this is another great album. I believe this is the last one with um, with Messiah. I'm not sure. I can check. But yeah, we have songs like Dark Reflections, Voices in the Wind. No, not Voices in the Wind. The new version of Under the Oak. Tears. Edge of Heaven. Through the infinitive, infinitive halls of death. And then, of course, Tell of Creation. Uh, but believe the same band. So we have Messiah, Lars on guitars, Matt on guitars, Leaf, Leaf on bass, and then John on drums. I know they had a pretty good reception on that album. So at least we have that, right? So yeah, he left 1991. Uh, Messiah left 1991. And... They got another vocalist, which was Tomas Wikström. This era and this stuff we're not going to talk about. That's not something that I want to get into. Uh, I really just want to enjoy and talk about some of the stuff from the 80s. In terms of Nightfall, one of the songs that I wanted to share with you was a song called Bewitched. Obviously, a lot of this music has affected tons and tons of different bands that are out now. I'm going to do an honorable mention of some of the bands that I feel are kind of taking this, taking the torch and have really gone further with it. Uh, so that are out now and a little bit more modern, I would say, a little bit more up to date to some people's standards. And you'll find that a lot of these are very sound very familiar so we have electric wizard of course uncle acid and the dead beats you have altar of oblivion you have 40 watt sun which i think are absolutely amazing one of the bands that i think is probably the the i think the granddaddy all of them or the the grandson we'll call him <laughs> is uh, obviously sleep with i mean that you know holy mountain and just sleep the Dope Smoker album, right? I mean, that's right now, that's like the Doom's stoner Bible, I would say, right? There's another great band called Paul Bearer, right? 
And Paul Bearer, dude, those guys are just another outstanding band, and they're taking the, the definitely taking the torch. Yob, Y O B, Yob, those guys are fucking amazing. Another great ass, great fucking band for you guys to check out, and that's just more a little bit more modern stuff, right? Because a lot of these guys they were influenced by the traditional doom, uh, but really, ultimately, they carved their own path. They sound different. They all sound different. But obviously, you can see the influences intertwine in there. So you, you really do have that, you know. Warning, this band called Warning, Watching from a Distance. This is such another another outstanding album. And those guys are also related. You know, it's the same guy who did 40 Watts on. It's just so fucking... That's a great on a fucking... On a really sad, depressing day. Get yourself a nice bottle of whiskey and just sit, you know, looking out the window and drinking and just listening to Warning, listening to 40 Watts on. That's good shit right there. Uh, another great band is the Gates of Slumber. Is this another kick-ass band? I, I definitely encourage everybody to check a lot of these bands out because what you're going to get is, you know, it, it'll give you a deeper appreciation at least for for doom and uh, for some people to get out of the their the, the whatever phase of like you know oh, I'm just I only want to listen to his one style of music one style of music oh, let's change it up a little bit you know let's have a little bit more I don't know this this stuff is, is actually gets your day pumping man it gets your day rocking <laughs> even though it kind of sounds like it's like ah oh, this is kind of like a bummer nah man it's actually really cool man I think a lot of people will dig Candlemass, actually. I think they're one of those bands that, compared to, let's say, um, to Witchfinder, because I feel like Witchfinder General is a bit more classic, classic rock slash uh, new wave of British heavy metal with a splash, you know, just a splash of Black Sabbath. I feel like those guys are probably not going to be listened to a lot by Candlemass, I certainly think. That shit, man, those guys are for everybody, man. If you're into doom metal progressive metal death metal black metal whatever a candle mass is like for fucking everybody so i feel like they're like the 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 biggest doom band of all time and you certainly see it if you, if you got to see them live you fucking know exactly what i'm fucking talking about it's a fucking religious experience man <laughs> so again i'm gonna share a playlist through apple uh Hopefully, if you want to listen to it again, if you're on Spotify, you could actually swap out the playlist and listen to it on your Spotify. Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody for listening in. I'm, obviously, this is just a fucking this is just an introduction to this style of music. Uh, a lot of these bands and a lot of these uh, I'm going to explore further due to a lot of time restrictions and time and people's schedules and stuff like that i decided to just take this and tackle this one on my own and that's pretty much the only reason is because everybody had uh, different schedules and whatnot i'll definitely get into saint vitus uh on a deeper dive with them and also with Candlemas, because i know those those are some of the bigger bands that a lot of people really like talking about um again thank you for listening in uh, we're gonna have a best of uh, the best albums of 2020 episode that's going to come up it's going to be that one's going to be a little bit weird i'm going to have 
It's going to be a weird format, but it's going to be really badass. We're going to have, um, what else? We're going to have the Gateway albums. Albums that kind of, you can call them Gateway albums that turned you on more into the metal scene. That exploded, made, made the whole scene ex- explode for you. Um, so that's going to be fun. And then keep an ear out because we're going to have a video game slash horror movie movie slash just nerd stuff. Uh, a new podcast going to come out. And that one, I think I'm going to just wait for the new year to do that one. And uh, that should be a lot of fun, actually. And that one, we'll get to explore more other stuff outside of the heavy metal world and just just be silly and have fun with it. You know, that's the one that I really kind of... Um, I got the idea from those other episodes that we had done. The Halloween, the video game stuff. And so I feel like we're going to continue the video game stuff. We are going to continue, except we're going to go do it on that other podcast. So you guys uh, hopefully will dig that. And, and because of the time restriction also, again, we're going to take another deep dive at Nintendo and Super NES and Sega. We're going to do an episode on the PS1 and PS1 and, and Nintendo 64. And then we're going to go do PS2 and Xbox. Uh, and I believe Dreamcast. No. The Dreamcast will be with the N64 and PS1. So there's a lot of stuff that we're going to cover. A lot of stuff to talk about. So again, what are some of yours? Did I miss something? Were there some bands that I missed? Again, this is purely... To me, this is just purely as an introduction. So not too bad. Uh, I, if I miss some bands or if I miss another album again I encourage you to explore and look at it on your own anyways I'm Wolfman Dave buy the ticket take the ride <laughs>